Coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri, this is the podcast for educators by educators. This is the Connected Learning Podcast, where we help educators connect with great ideas while pushing the limits of creativity and innovation. Welcome and thanks for spending your time with us. I am Glenn Barnes, your host for today's podcast. joined today by Chuck Baker, who has been just a math teacher in the Ferguson Forest School District for 10 years, teaching courses ranging from sixth grade math to AP statistics. He didn't know at the time taking artist for electronics, LB baseball game, grade school, interviewing Chinese people on a cassette recorder, spent hours networking via AOL and some messenger and teaching himself for math certification all impacted his educational philosophy to value interdisciplinary work that uses technology to turn kids into super creators capable of producing more than what they have been formally taught and making connections that matter. Chuck has presented several times at the Midwest Conference, better known as METC, and at Mornet's annual conference in 2013 and 2016, with topics focusing on integration of writing, technology, and ungoogleable tasks in his math class. In his own district, Chuck is trained on smart boards, Google Apps for Education, Twitter, iPads, Common Core, standards-based grading, Web 2.0, and data teams. His current quest is to give students questions that aren't Googleable, with a focus on projects that highlight social justice or character development. Welcome, Chuck. Thanks, Glenn. You've got a good podcast voice. I don't think I'm working on that. Uh, not, not that long at all. So tell us a little bit about your journey into uh, education. Why did you become a teacher? Um, there's, there's kind of two answers to that. Uh, the first one was um, actually I failed calculus my senior year, second semester. Um I actually got accepted to Mizzou as an engineer um, in the engineering school and did not do so well in calculus and decided real quick that maybe I needed to change my plans. Uh, so then I had two teachers that really impacted me that um, that spring. Um, history was actually my favorite subject uh, growing up. Uh, so then my backup plan was, oh, I'll just go major in history. And I was talking to my physics teacher one day, and he was just uh, asking about college plans. And I told him that he, as a realist, asked me what I was going to do. And I teach. So then he said, oh, then you need to go be a teacher. I said, okay. Uh, and then also uh, my, my choir instructor uh, knew me really well. I'd been in his choirs for several years. And he said I had a really good temperament. And uh, I really looked up to him as an educator. Uh, it was really those two things, like the, the realist from my the realism from my physics teacher just telling me to go get an education degree, and then the encouragement from my choir teacher that uh, I would do well. Well, that's 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 awesome. The impact of a teacher is is I mean we we really don't understand it until years later. Although there is absolutely nothing wrong with history degree as as <laughs> as someone who represents that statement. So. Um, that's right. <laughs> I, I'm really intrigued about this uh, this story. As as a child, you you take it apart the uh, 
the Tiger Electronics baseball game to learn more about it. Um, and one of the things that I know about you, even as an adult, you know, you're always uh, exploring for opportunities to grow and create. Uh, some would say you're a bit of a, a tinkerer. Um, you're certainly very creative. How, how is that tinkering and, and being creative? How does that influence your work as a teacher? That's a good question. Um, I would say that taking that skill from um, grade school me uh, to professional me is that I'm always really um, ready to try new things. Um, ready to, I'm an early adopter on uh, new websites, new technologies, uh, geez, uh, and um, no, when I took apart that Tiger Electronics LCD game, uh, there was a little bit of risk that I was going to um, tragically break it, uh, and I kind of had to accept that risk, and so I think as a teacher then what that means is uh, when you're an early adopter and when you're trying new things, and maybe other people in your building aren't even trying, you accept that it might ethically fail. Uh, and then you use that as a teachable moment for your kids. Um, so, yeah, anytime that you're tinkering and messing with stuff and, and learning new things, um, there's always in the back of your mind that you might screw something up worse. And um, that's how innovation happens, and that's how uh, growth happens. And so you kind of take the good with the bad. Um, but I think that impacts me as a teacher and, and trying new things and also expecting that of my students. So I'm, I'm assuming that accepting failure as a, a part of the learning process is not only important for you, but also for your students. How do you, how do you, how do you handle that um, in teaching to learn from failure? Uh, one thing that I, do is I, I have a poster in my in my classroom that says "Are you beta?" Uh, so I kind of stole from the idea of, of software development. Mm -hmm. uh, when when a company puts out an app uh, in beta, they know that potentially it sucks, and that it, not probably not sucks, but that it has glitches, it has things that they want to get feedback on. That it's not a finished product, and you know, at, at, to a certain extent, when when our when our kids graduate high school, they're kind of finish with one thing, but uh, if your mindset is at a lifelong learner, then you're always not a finished product yet, and a lot of times kids come into classrooms, um, maybe specifically math classrooms, with these fixed mindsets, either of, I'm really good at math, or even, I can't do math, um, and so a little bit of that that beta thinking that I, that I encourage the kids to accept and to accept feedback on is that um, whether you think you're good or you're bad at math, um, you all have things to grow in. And I still have feedback that I need to give you, and you need to improve quote, your product or your learning as a part of that. Just this year, you, uh, you kind of made a, a pretty huge transition into a, <laughs> a new school, uh, a STEAM Academy that is focused around PBL and, um, I guess, working more with some of the, uh, the gifted students. Uh, talk, mm -hmm. talk about, talk about that. How, how has that gone? Man, that was, it was, I had a hard year. Um, <laughs> I had lots of failure. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, uh, there, there, 
was a moment kind of toward the end of first semester where I was, I had to retrain myself that, yeah, Chuck, you're okay with failure. Um, so, um, so it was lots of shifts. It was a shift from uh, high school to middle school. It was a shift from uh, the last several years at, at my high school, I'd had kind of a remedial math classes and uh, the lower lower end of students to um, to the other end of the bell curve to the gifted students. Um, mm-hmm. It was a little bit of a shift from a traditional setup in a high school to we're all on this shared journey of project-based learning. Um, and so there were, were so many things that, that I learned this year as far as um, project-based learning and about middle school and about working with a whole other set of educators that I wasn't comfortable with. Um, I think that was good for, for a lot of our students, um, specifically the kids that, um, so at our school, it's um, all of the gifted kids in the Bergen Forest School District, all the gifted middle schoolers were invited to come to the school. And then for the next three years, it bless you. We're also going to um, grow the sixth grade um, by 40 kids um, of kids that are kind of high achieving and show some aptitude, some creative aptitude. And so they're applicants in this STEAM process. Uh, so it's not all gifted kids. It's, it's going to be half and half by the time we build up everything. So what makes a great PBL learning experience? Hmm. I thought that I knew that actually going in. <laughs> so uh, that was that was one of my things. Is I thought I like had it all figured out that I was set. Um, so I learned a lot of what I didn't learn this year. Um, but when I think about that, uh, it's got to have a good driving question or a, a question that's going to pique the kids' interest to to keep them going day after day after day. Because um, especially when, when you're new at this or when you're doing a project that you've never done, um, your kids are going to get into segments of their own learning where they have a question and you have no idea how to solve that problem for them either. Um, and so that's going to be a, uh, a friction point where you've got to have something to, to pull them back and point them back to why in the world they're doing spreadsheets or why in the world they're um, – whatever they're doing that day um, so that it's not just about that one skill that they are feeling super frustrated on. It's that bigger picture of what they're ultimately shooting for. Yeah, the, the connection to, uh, I guess, real-world issues or relevant mm-hmm. one. Um, I, I seem to remember you doing um, designing a, a shelter. Uh, you oh, yeah. The principles of math. Uh-huh. That was um, that was actually one I stole. That was great. Uh, <laughs> I stole. I uh, we re- um, we re- <laughs> There you go. Um, oh gosh, uh, I think I found that on like the Buck Institute's repository of projects, mm-hmm. and um, I I had designed one last summer in uh, the Buck Institute PBL one hundred and one training that that we got to do, right. um, and it was. A little bit unrealistic as far as what my students had. Like it was all based upon the fact that they were going to have like a Fitbit, and that was stupid on my part and really ignorant. Um, 
of stuck there with this project that wasn't really going to work and didn't have the resources. That's another thing that's really important besides that having a good driver question, like I said, was uh, you have to have a project that you could you can accomplish. Because uh, otherwise, um, what's it matter? What if, your, what if your kids really learned if um, they haven't accomplished something? That's uh, part of the whole point of, of doing your project-based learning. So I found this project that was on the Buck Institute repository of, of, of projects. And actually, I, I realized after the fact that looking at this project that I had found that was all set up and prepared, what I saw more of the elements of what made for a really good project, too. Uh, it kind of suggested an entry event for me. Um, I had that one fine, but uh, it, it had lots of assessment laid out. It had lots of scaffolding laid out. Um, it had all the standards laid out. Um, so there were a lot of things that I had learned in my Buck Institute one-on-one training that like, I knew the bones of it, but um, going through kind of somebody else's project that I remixed, um, was another kind of good professional education point for me as far as what taking what I thought was good for a project and what I, when I thought a project was done versus um, all the actual things that I did have to put into a project. So along, along the same lines, a huge part of your work and uh, your ethos revolves around issues of equity. So what is the role of and we, we, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but the teacher's mindset as far as elevating students mm-hmm. who tend to be marginalized in our schools. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you got to be positive, 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 positive for one thing. And sometimes that's not easy, you know, because we get kids that aren't easy to love. We, got kid, we get kids that... Um, even in, in some points, like challenge you to give up on them, um, and so you got to have a well to draw your positivity from. Um, and um, I get that from from lots of prayer and and just um, my faith in in Jesus, and, and that's where I get that from. Honestly, I don't know where other people get it from. It seems like they do, but <laughs> that's mine. Um, and so, like. Especially sometimes you, know, you get that student that you have a really hard time getting ready for for the day, and uh, it's a struggle seeing any good for them um, and, and seeing the good in them. Um, and one thing I found this year, I, I kind of ran to that with a kid that was that was struggling, and um, we did lots of all the things for, uh, he got a 504 this year and we, we did so much documentation about all the, the right things according to the law that we were doing for this kid. Um, mm-hmm. and they still weren't working. Um, and I think one reason for that was we all like had this group think of that this boy had, he was so broken and it was this group think of deficit mindset. Um, and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And, I realized at one point, like, well, I've tried all of the regular teacher things that, that we can do, maybe. Uh, let me go back to myself. And uh, so I just kind of first just started um, praying for this kid. And, and what I found was, I mean, some things happened for him, too, like some of his behaviors changed. But what was even more important was that my heart and attitude toward him changed. Um, mm-hmm. I started looking for all the ways that 
he was good and all the ways that um, he was created and all the ways that he was going to be a leader and trying to find ways to get his classmates to also not look at him with a deficit mindset, but uh, for his peers to also look at the good and, and the ways that he wanted to be a leader. Uh, and so that was huge as far as helping that kid or helping any kid that um, doesn't have it within themselves at that point to see their future and, and to see what they can achieve that, you know, you have to, you have to hold on to that for them and keep preaching that for them uh, until they finally get it. And right. you have to have a long view of that too. Like if you're trying to fix this kid in a semester, um, that's going to be hard to do. I mean, at least I can't do it. Um, so I've found that I get frustrated easily also when I'm trying to have a real short view of, um, I'm here to change this kid's life in four weeks <laughs> or five weeks or six weeks or whatever. Um, and, and so it's, it's a, you know, education's a long game. Um, one frustrating thing kind of about the standardized testing site for is, um, you know, we have to have that change within a certain number of months. Uh, but some of those changes take, take years. Um, there's a dichotomy there that's tough to play in. Most definitely. So we, we've talked a lot about some of the big trends in education, uh, whether PBL or STEAM or, um, you know, deficit mindset or even uh, growth mindset. What, what is the major trend or major movement that, that probably needs to take root more uh, within education? Um. I'd say it's, uh, I, I see us going um, more or just increasingly towards silos of, of learning, but we're, we're just calling them different things. Um, so I'm at the, the STEAM Academy and our, you know, our whole um, philosophy and, and mission is, is on doing PBL across all the curriculums and interdisciplinary units and doing that with fidelity and kind of being a leader in our district in that. Um, but something that I'm afraid of is that um, the way that looks to the rest of the district is um, that the STEAM Academy, they do the PBL thing, and then everybody else does does their thing. And I know that, um, you know, there's other other districts in the area that they kind of have their, their STEAM center or their, um, their project-based learning kind of center. Uh, and so something that I, that I hope that we see is um, – we take all the learning that districts are getting from making kind of laboratory schools of project-based learning and integrating art into the into the STEM, and that they're able to take that learning and scale it up to their district. I want to thank Chuck Baker for joining us today and sharing his experiences as a teacher in St. Louis. Hopefully you were able to gain some great insight into uh, what it means to truly uh, learn, be creative, uh, embrace failure, learn from failure. Uh, Chuck is such a, a neat person to talk to and uh, connect with, especially on the issue of education and equity in education. If you'd like to hear more from Chuck, you can find him on Twitter at Chuck C. Baker. And you can also connect with him at any number, Connected Learning St. Louis, 
uh, events. And some of the events we have coming up include our, our SPED camp, our design challenge, and we even have Ed Camp Leader coming up that, uh, real soon. If you'd like more details on those events, you can go to the Connected Learning website at connectedlearningstl.org. Well, that puts uh, another podcast in bed. We thank you so much for joining us and uh, sharing in this learning. We'll hope to uh, hear from you and see you real soon. Thanks again.